Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my friends, from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are in chapter 27 of the story. Again, as I said during the announcements, if you don't have a copy of this book and you're visiting our church, we want to give you a copy of this as a gift to you. Um, right outside this first set of double doors and to the right you can pick up a copy. We are almost to the end. There's, there's only, uh, there's 31 chapters, so I'm not very good at math, so however many that is left after this. Um, and, and for a lot of college students, you guys, uh, many of you are leaving after this week. If you want to continue to track with us um, over these next few weeks, all of, all of this uh, sermons and everything are archived on our church website if you want to uh, continue to participate in this. Chapter 27 deals with the resurrection. So last Sunday, if you were here or maybe you were traveling and you were at church somewhere else, it was Easter Sunday. We were decked out with flowers and our, our Good Friday cross here with the colors white. And today in the story, chapter 27 deals with the resurrection. And so we figured, well, let's just leave it all up. Chapter 27, though, if you read it at home, deals with the time from the resurrection of Jesus through the next 40 days until his ascension into heaven. Last year, if, if you were uh, around in our church last year, starting the Sunday after Easter, I actually started an eight-week sermon series at that point entitled, Follow Me. No, that's not what it was called. I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. What was it called? Next Steps. There we go. Next Steps. I'm just kidding. Next Steps. Following the risen Jesus. Uh, if you want, if you weren't here, you want to check that out, that's also on our website, copyboot.org slash next steps. Um, the reason that we did this last year, though, was we followed Jesus for those 40 days. For those 40 days, from his resurrection to his ascension. And, and the purpose of doing this series last year, I'm just going to emphasize it right now, is because I think in our minds, a lot of us, even if you grew up in the church, you know, I think a lot of us have this idea that, okay... Jesus lived, he died, he rose, and then he went to heaven or something, right? And here we are today. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's your mindset. And, and so what I wanted to do last year, what I want to emphasize just today is that Jesus really rose from the dead. And the greatest, one of the greatest proofs, besides his own word, that he rose from the dead, one of the greatest proofs of his resurrection is that he appeared to people for 40 days. He was with them in their presence. Not just the disciples, but the scriptures say hundreds of people. Hundreds. Jesus was a well-known figure at this time, especially in the region of Galilee. Jesus was well-known, so he's appearing to hundreds of people. When the Gospels are written, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that all record this part of the history, those guys all write their Gospels soon after the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And they all account for the fact that Jesus appeared to all these people. They even named some of them by name. So what those Gospel writers are saying is, to their first readers, are, if you... If you don't take our word for it, go and talk to these people. There are eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Go and talk to them. Here they are. This is one of the greatest proofs for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If, if, if it were not true, it would have gotten disputed and thrown out early on. And yet it did not. And so here we are as God's people 
in this time and in this place, still celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. It really happened. It really happened. And today I want to emphasize this fact to you that it is true. And I want to deal in reality with it, not just figments of our imagination, but actually in reality. I, I said this last week, if you were here on Easter, but it bears repeating. All right, just, just bear with me here. It bears repeating. Using the logic of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, there is no point in doing any of this. Okay? If Jesus did not rise from the dead, our faith is futile, our preaching is a lie. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, go home. Do not come to church. I'll quit my job. Do something else. Close the scriptures. You don't need them. All right? So if you want to disprove Christianity, go and find his bones. That's it. So for Christian people, I hope you know how all in we have to be on this resurrection thing. That Jesus actually rose. It is the point that all scripture leads to. That Jesus rose from the dead. Because if he didn't, he's a liar. Right? Because he said he would. But if he did, it changes everything. So we believe it changes everything. And what this means is that reality, the reality of the resurrection makes our reality more real. I want to say this again. You'll hear me say this a couple of times today. The reality of the resurrection makes reality more real. The reality of Jesus' resurrection makes our reality more real. The reality that you and I will rise from the dead on the last day makes our reality now more real. We'll keep layering onto this as we go today. Many of you know that uh, that I have three children. One is due to arrive in June. Yes, we do have three. Last week after Easter, we were able to take a short little getaway uh, to Camp Luther and stay in a cottage. Uh, so we had a good, some good quality family time. Some of you know my family. Some of you are here for the first time today. Uh, so if you don't, this is a little picture of my family staying in a cottage. Uh, that's Max with his bubbles and, and Hazel and my wife, Abby. So we had, a, we had some good time, a couple of days, just to, to, to do nothing to play, uh, just to enjoy God's, God's good creation. If you've ever hung out with uh, Hazel and Max, or three and five, if you've ever hung out with preschool-aged children, as I just uh, did with the box, uh, the line between pretend and reality with preschool-aged children is so blurred, it's so small. Like, sometimes, sometimes I'm not sure if we're in pretend mode or, or reality mode. They just, you know, it's all kind of one thing for preschool-aged children. Children. So when I'm playing with them as an adult, you know, I consciously make the decision, okay, I'm playing pretend, right? This is, this is what we're doing. But for children, it's much more blurred, this, this line between what is real and what is pretend. I mean, I probably could have convinced them that dogs really do drive cars, right? Uh, so the lines between reality and pretend for young people are, are blurred. But what I want us to hear today is that when we're talking about Jesus and his resurrection... The reality of the resurrection makes our reality more real. Just think about it. In the gospel lesson for today, from, from Luke, or if you have a copy of the story with you, it's on page 385. Uh, when Jesus appears to the disciples, which he does a variety of times, but in this 
one particular case, they, they don't really understand what's going on. I want to read this quote from you. It's, it's also in our gospel lesson. But it says, They were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. So Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they did not, still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, I love this, do you have anything there to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it in in the presence. I, I can just imagine this. These guys think that this is a ghost, right? Or a spirit of some sort. They're thinking in there, they're thinking, people don't rise from the dead. So either we are people who are so incredibly grieved over the death of our friend that our minds are playing tricks on us, or this is some sort of spirit apparition that's just appearing, right? And so, so Jesus says, hey guys, while you're thinking about this, you know, can I have something to eat because I'm hungry, right? So I can imagine Jesus sitting over in the corner, scarfing down some food as these guys are bewildered, and he's going, ghosts don't eat food, you know? I mean, what, do you, what more do you want from me? Look at it. I have the scars to prove it. I was dead, and now I'm alive, and I want something to eat. Right? It really happened. Jesus rose from the dead. The reality of the resurrection makes our reality more real. You know, I said with preschool-aged children that the lines between pretend and reality are oftentimes blurred. But actually, even for adults... Um, due to the, the ever-rapidly changing technology that we have in this world, the lines that we have between reality and virtual reality are becoming more and more blurred even as, as we live our lives. Let me give you a couple of examples. My, my in-laws are visiting this weekend, and we're glad that they're here. Last weekend, my mom visited, and we were glad that she was here. Uh, but when they're not with us, both of our families live in Minnesota. Uh, we talk to them, and our, our kids visit with them, but we do it on our phones with, with FaceTime, right? So they can actually see them. Every once in a while, we have like an actual good old-fashioned phone call. You know, and we say, hey, kids, will you talk to whoever? And they look at the screen, and it's black. And they, we go, no, you have to... Ah, never mind. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of kind of uh, kind of wacky how that how that works. But you know, I mean, we can see people and we can do this at a distance, and I and I love that technology, and it's a wonderful thing. Yet it's still not real in a way. Like it's still not as good as the real thing being in one another's presence. Another example: a, a couple of years back, Facebook. Which even if you're not on Facebook, you probably heard of. Facebook, there are billions of people on it, okay? Facebook purchased a company called Oculus, which is a virtual reality company. They purchased it for $2 billion. They had big plans for this company. Uh, the technology is here now, where Oculus is a virtual reality uh, thing, where you have goggles, but also hand motion stuff. But Facebook is incorporating this crazy technology where somebody, like say you're on a wild adventure somewhere, you can have your phone, do a panorama, a video, and then invite your friends to join you in that 
experience virtually, uh, even if they don't have the Oculus goggles. Some of you are staring at me like, what's this dude talking about? And even for me, I try to, I think that I'm, you know, kind of up to date on technology stuff, and I go, I think this is one of the signs that you're getting old, is when you go, that's never going to work, right? Who would ever use that sort of thing? Well, it's coming, right? But I just say, well, I don't know, it's too much for me. Speaking of too much for me, I, I thought I thought maybe having a, a, a bitmoji was too much. Do you guys know what a, a bitmoji is? Well, I got a bitmoji. Uh, thanks to uh, Laura Laura Huff, uh, Marcus's wife, she designed it for me when we were hanging out the other week. Uh, I didn't know how to do it accurately myself. So this is this is my bitmoji, and and I can use this little guy. So these guys all know what I'm talking about, right? But the other day, I, I, I usually text my wife telling her that I'm coming home from work. And so instead of just writing, I'm coming home, I sent her a picture with my bitmoji that said, honey, I'm home in black and white, you know, with the tipping of the hat and the tie and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't really get it either. <laughs> I mean, what, how would you like it if I, just, if I just sent you my bitmoji here today and said, oh, bless you, right? It's not, it, it doesn't do the same thing, right? But, but these lines in our lives between pretend and reality, I think they're getting more and more blurred between reality and, and virtual reality. And so, so a lot of times, for, for people in this world today, especially young people, when we talk about the reality of the resurrection of Jesus, they go, it sounds like a nice idea. But I don't have to believe it. Because that's just some idea you have in your mind, just some religious thing that you talk about. Friends in Christ, Jesus actually rose from the dead. The reality of his resurrection makes our reality more real. I saw a commercial the other day for Vision Healthcare Insurance stuff. Uh, it's a very simple commercial, and I think I've seen the same commercial a million times for other products, but basically it starts with a blurry image of a beach, you know, and then you see this image of the glasses come on and then it gets clear and you go, oh, glasses are nice for those who can't see well, right? And as you're watching the commercial, if you can't see well, you go, oh, maybe I should have vision protection. I'll buy your stuff, right? So as I'm watching this commercial though, I'm watching it on my, on my laptop, which has a really high-definition screen, and I'm thinking, wow, you know that I can see all the contrast. And then I look away from my screen, and I just stare at my hands. And I look around, and I realize reality is so much better. Like, God gave us these eyes, which are super high-definition, and can see in 3D, and it's been like this from the very beginning, right? And technology's just simply trying to catch up to reality, but what makes reality more real is that we have a God who is alive, who created us, who not only created us, but he loves us so much that he came into this world to suffer and die and repair brokenness for us. The reality of the resurrection makes our reality more real. You see, without knowledge that Jesus is alive, it's like looking with blurry vision. You put on this reality of the resurrection, and you go, all right, if Jesus actually rose from the dead, that means that death does not have any power. Not, not over God. And if death doesn't have any power, do you think anything in this world has any power over him? No. 
And therefore he says to you who believe in him, you are alive in me, you are united to me, therefore your reality is that those things don't have any power over you. The reality of the resurrection says that we can call things as they are. We can look at sin and we say, sin, I know what you are. You are bad. <laughs> we can look at injuries and illnesses and sicknesses and say, you are bad. <laughs> we can look at death itself and say, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Death has been swallowed up in victory. The reality of the resurrection says what enemies have power over us? None. Because Jesus lives and we are alive in him and his victory is our victory now and forever. And so my friends, as you live now, your reality is this. Your reality is this. Your hope is real. Your hope is not fleeting. It is real. The peace that Jesus offers you is not something that you just need to strive for, but his peace enters into your world. His light overcomes your darkness. Your light, your, your light has meaning. You don't have to go searching for meaning. You have it because he gives it to you. Your life matters to him. The reality of Jesus' resurrection is your reality today. His reality of the resurrection means that your reality is that you too shall rise on that last day. And until that day comes, your reality is this. You are knit together with Jesus Christ. You are alive in Christ. Remain in him as he remains in you. To the day of everlasting life. In Jesus' name. Amen.